This is the American Medical Association's COVID-19 Update Podcast. This is part of an ongoing series featuring critical insights from the physicians and healthcare professionals on the front lines of the pandemic. Hello, this is the American Medical Association's COVID-19 Update video and podcast. Today, we have our weekly look at the numbers, trends, and latest news about COVID-19 with AMA's Director of Science, Medicine and Public Health, Andrea Garcia in Chicago. I'm Todd Unger, AMA's Chief Experience Officer, also in Chicago. Andrea, thanks for joining us. Uh, last week, uh, the FDA's advisory committee met across the, uh, about the country's booster strategy going forward. Do we have any clarity coming out of that meeting? Well, thanks for having me back, Todd. And yeah, that advisory committee meeting, of course, followed the FDA's authorization of that second mRNA booster dose in select populations, so those over 50 and people who are immunocompromised. The meeting last week was more the overall framework for booster doses, so thinking about a process for determining strain composition for future COVID-19 vaccines and then optimal use of those booster doses in the general population. At this point, experts still uh, will have to make decisions with a lot of uncertainties. I think listening to that meeting, uh, we came came away with that with more questions than answers. But the basic questions they talked about were, how are we going to modify our existing vaccines so they work better? I think the one thing that is clear is that if we hope to redesign our COVID vaccines before the fall, uh, it's going to have to be done so on a very tight timeline. Essentially, the clinical trials would have to be underway next month in order to produce those shots in time for the fall. Wow, that is uh, super tight timing as we think about how to get ready for the fall. Are there any clinical trials that are underway now? There are clinical studies that are already underway, some being conducted by the NIH and some being conducted by vaccine manufacturers themselves. So we've talked before about how Pfizer and Moderna are both doing studies um, of vaccines that are focused on the Omicron variant, but those trials are pretty small and they're not gonna give us the level of data that we had when our existing vaccines were authorized, but they could give us enough um, information on immune response data uh, to allow us to determine whether those new retooled vaccines will work better than the ones we're currently using. FDA did say that they're going to need a clear basis for deploying a modified vaccine um, in lieu of the current vaccine. So um, I think the other thing we just need to keep in, in mind is the timeline for manufacturers to produce a vaccine, and that's certainly going to be a factor. It sounds uh, a little bit to uh, a layman like me, like the flu vaccine, where there's always some kind of predictive uh, work going on. Is there, I don't want to use the word guesswork, but uh, involved in designing a new vaccine at this point? Yeah, there were a lot of comparisons to that flu vaccine process uh, that we go through every year. I think with, with COVID, no one really knows which variant of the virus is going to be dominant in the fall, and there are some chance that another variant like Omicron will emerge that changes things entirely. Um, but as you know, like COVID's just been difficult to predict. Um, one expert at the meeting pointed out that COVID has been mutating at a much faster pace than the flu virus. Um, so 
we do re, um, redesign vaccines for flu annually. So we'll have to see how the trials play out. There's a chance that our existing vaccines will still turn out to be the best ones. Uh, all right, well, we'll continue to track that story as it develops. Um, we haven't talked about vaccine mandates in a while, um, but there has been a new development at the federal level. Will you give us some background on that? Yeah, so on Thursday, a federal appeals court reversed a decision that had blocked the White House from requiring federal workers to be vaccinated against COVID. Back in September, President Biden had said the vast majority of federal workers would have to be vaccinated or they would face disciplinary measures. Um, and then that preliminary injunction um, was instated in January by a federal judge from Texas, and that stopped the administration from enforcing the mandate. However, at that time, the White House said that about 95% of federal workers were already in compliance with the mandate. But this 2-1 vote from the U.S. Court of Appeals for the Fifth Circuit ruled that the judge in Texas did not have jurisdiction to block that mandate. Wow, that is quite a development. Um, also on the government front, the $10 billion COVID response package that we talked about last week has now stalled at Congress. What, what's happening there? Yeah, so that essentially boils down to a dispute over immigration restrictions. Lawmakers from both sides have said that they support this money for vaccines, for testing, and for therapeutics. But Republicans last week indicated that they wanted the chamber to first hold a vote on maintaining an immigration policy that restricted immigration at U.S. Uh, borders since the beginning of the pandemic. And then Democratic leaders um, declined to hold such a vote. And that is why we're seeing that package currently stalled. The White House press secretary did say that this is a step backwards for our ability to respond to the virus. And she said, of course, that the administration is going to continue to work with Congress to move that legislation forward. Well, it seems like a, uh, a tough time for funding to be stalled. Um... You took care of the nation. It's time for the nation to take care of you. The AMA stood by America's physicians and patients during the pandemic, and we're not stopping there. We're fixing prior authorization, leading the charge on Medicare payment reform, supporting telehealth, fighting scope creep, and reducing physician burnout. It's time to rebuild, and the AMA is ready. To learn more about the AMA Recovery Plan for America's Physicians, go to ama-assn.org slash time to rebuild. Uh, in my very unscientific uh, feeling, I know a lot of people are getting COVID right now. You read headlines in the paper about some the stuff that's happened in Washington at a big event there. Do we, are we seeing... Uh, uh, you know, good news or bad news with cases uh, and hospitalizations? So according to the numbers from the New York Times, after uh, two months of sort of sustained declines, uh, new cases in the U.S. have generally been flat. And that outlook at the state level continues to be really mixed. So we're seeing COVID cases increasing in about half the states and territories, particularly the Northeast, where we know BA2 has been particularly widespread. Um, some of those states seeing an increase are Alaska, Vermont, Colorado, Rhode Island, and New York. But we're also seeing those, those cases decrease in the other half of states. So 
Um, as of this morning, CDC has said that BA2 is now accounting for about 85% of COVID cases. Um, that percentage in the Northeast still remains high, the highest, it's around 92%. Uh, so basically it's pretty much overtaken the, the prior variant. Uh, and uh, it looks like places like New York and Washington, which I just mentioned have been in the press a lot, seem to be experiencing the biggest spikes. What's happening there? Yeah, certainly New York City and DC are in the news a lot. We've heard a lot of reports about high-ranking government officials in DC testing positive over the past week. And in New York, Broadway shows are once again shutting down uh, due to stars who are testing positive as well. Looking at the numbers in those jurisdictions, uh, cases have doubled in DC and they're, they've increased about 60% in New York City since the last week in March. All right, so that's a lot, a uh, huge spike. What, is it, what does it mean? You know, we, we still don't know exactly what it, what it means overall and how this is gonna play out. I mean, certainly we know that Broadway actors and, and politicians in Washington are probably tested more frequently than the rest of it are, rest of us are. So we could be um, in finding cases in, the, in those populations that would otherwise go unnoticed in the general population. Um, but I think it's likely that cases are being significantly undercounted and incomplete data is probably masking an upward trend. We know that those at-home tests, we've talked about this before, they've become more widely used and they're not typically reported or included in government data. I think either way, we just need to keep in mind that with public health mitigation measures being rolled back, BA2 is highly contagious, it's still spreading, even if we're not experiencing that widespread surge in cases that we saw in Europe, um, the, the virus is still here. Um, I think the other thing to note is, is Philadelphia yesterday announced the return of their indoor mask mandate due to rising cases and some, something we could certainly see in other jurisdictions. We are a hypothesis there on uh, home testing kits uh, seems to uh, jive with my anecdotal experience here uh, in Chicago. Um, is it showing up in the numbers for hospitalizations? Is there anything that would help confirm kind of what the scenario really is? Well, that decline for hospitalization has continued. Hospitalizations are um, averaging roughly 15,000 per day over the past two weeks. That is still really low. It's um, the lowest numbers been since the first week of the pandemic. And deaths are also declining. So we're around 600 deaths from COVID being reported each day. And that's down 75% from the peak in February during the Omicron surge. Well, that is good news. Um, in other uh, news, ivermectin, which we have not talked about in a while, uh, is making headlines again, this time with some definitive news about its effectiveness. What's, uh, what is the word there? Yeah, so we've seen a large uh, clinical trial now confirm something that we already pretty much knew, and that was that the antiparasitic drug showed no signs of alleviating COVID. The study compared more than 1,300 people infected, infected with SARS-CoV-2. Uh, it took place in Brazil. Participants received either ivermectin or a placebo. 
and the researchers found that ivermectin did not cause any significant differences in COVID-related hospitalizations or the duration of time spent in emergency department observations. Um, those uh, findings were published in the New England Journal. Uh, we did see early, um, some early conversations around those results in August, but this was the first time that data set was published. And of course, this reaffirms that physicians should not be prescribing ivermectin as a treatment for COVID. Uh, that is, again, more news to reaffirm that. Um, additionally, uh, we just saw the FDA suspend uh, the use of uh, another antibody treatment. Um, what do physicians need to know about this latest move? Yeah, so the FDA has said they're suspending use of the monoclonal antibody citrovimab, uh, which is used to treat high-risk COVID patients. And that's um, similar to actions we've seen from them uh, in recent months. And it's because it's unlikely to be effective against the BA2 subvariant. The manufacturer is preparing to submit data to regulators to seek authorization for a higher dose, which they think will work against BA2. Uh, we know that shipments of the drug have already been halted in eight states um, and two, two territories in March. Um, and that is was um, because BA2 was prevalent in those areas and we knew that the drug wasn't working. So I think physicians need to know that if they're treating high-risk patients, there are other monoclonal antibodies like the one from Eli Lilly that they can use. And there are also the three oral antiviral treatments that have been uh, found in laboratories. Well, thanks so much for that update, Andrea. That's it for today's COVID-19 update video and podcast. We'll be back soon with another update. In the meantime, resources, find them at ama-assn.org slash COVID-19. Thanks for joining us today. Please take care. Subscribe to other great AMA podcasts available wherever you listen to yours or visit ama-assn.org slash podcasts. Thank you for listening.